Welcome to A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life, the accompanying podcast to Larry Ruttman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. Hi there, I'm Jordan Rich with a pretty easy task and a fun one at that. I pose questions to Larry and with that razor sharp memory of his and a great talent for storytelling, well, you just have to settle back and enjoy the ride. Larry, I love it when you write me or call me and ask me my opinion of a movie. We've been trading movie suggestions for a while, and I turn you on to some things, and you turn me on to some things. So I thought I'd uh, ask you some questions based on the great American art form, which is film, okay? And the first one is really easy. What's a movie or a couple of movies that have impacted you throughout your life? Maybe a movie you saw when you were young, maybe a movie you saw recently, movie that stays with you, that has impact, that has lasting meaning, that has joy, whatever it might be. Can you think of one that comes to mind? Well, or I'm always several. on the search for movies that uh, are meaningful. Uh, a lot of movies uh, I would not want to watch because they they really uh, don't impart anything of terrific value. Um, so that um, uh, And other movies uh, are on famous subjects. Maybe they don't do the job they could do, but they're, they're very interesting. Um, there are so many um, that do have impressed me that um, it's hard for me to think well, of let Well, me, let, me, let me narrow it down a little bit. Since we always talk baseball, whether we're on or off the air, let's, let's do a couple of categories. In baseball movies, what are some of the standouts? I'll tell you what mine are. Well, I thought the one on uh, Lou Gehrig was very good. Gary Cooper? Yeah, with Gary Cooper. And they taught Gary Cooper how to look like a baseball player. <laughs> had a bat the other way. Didn't they change the – reverse the camera direction because he couldn't yeah, bat lefty? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, But I think that he did a good job on it. Teresa Wright cried her way through the movie as she always did. Um, she was good as uh, – uh, and I showed it to Lois because that was a little before her time. I think that Lou Gehrig was an exceptional character a very decent guy, and I think they portrayed him very well in that movie. Um, the the biographies of people sometimes don't hit the mark. Uh, I don't know whether you agree about that one. No need for you to tell me right now. Well, I do agree with that. Um, recreation, recreation of the Gehrig speech was really well done. Are you going to go to the Babe Ruth story? Is that where you're going next? No, I'm not. No, I'm trying to think. Um, you can help me with some of the titles. Okay. There was one about the 1919 Black Sox scandal. Oh, yes. Um, I'll think of it in a second with John Cusack, and uh, that was a terrific film. Yeah, right. Uh, it really raised questions about whether Shoeless Joe was at fault or not. Well, Shoeless Joe, uh, you know, he batted 375 in the World Series. I don't know how much better he could have done if he, if he was uh, maybe a couple of times he didn't try to hit the ball. He was a great player. Uh, I think as a side to that, a couple of years later, Ty Cobb and um, Tris Speaker were both accused of uh, dealing with gamblers and maybe throwing games. By the way, the film was called Eight Men Out. Eight Men Out, yeah. yeah. That, so that might have been the best one ever. Yeah. Um, what about Field of Dreams? What's your that take was a good it? movie, yeah. That's more of a fantasy. Uh, but it was a fantasy. It, it's, it's the movie that make—I I watch it regularly, and it's a film that uh, brings me back to my days in the backyard, not in the 
fields of corn in Iowa, but in my backyard south of Boston playing catch with my father. Well, it was sort of a fantasy, but the other one that uh, the actor, what's his name, who uh, was in that movie? Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin Costner. I think the one that Kevin Costner made uh, about the minor league team. Oh, Bull Durham. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a great movie. That was a terrific movie. Very funny. Very... And sexy. Oh, my goodness. Susan Sarandon, right? Yeah, and then in the locker room and with the guy making love to a woman in the bathroom. I mean, <laughs> well, baseball, I know we're taking a couple of avenues off the course here, but baseball lends itself to great storytelling. I, I mentioned uh, a film that I love. I love Field of Dreams. I also love The Natural. I love the one. Oh, yeah. With uh, Robert Redford. Yeah. When he hit the ball and hit the light tower. Hit the light tower while bleeding out. <laughs> but um, I, there's a reason for that, Jordan. I'll tell you what. Um, they may say that uh, baseball is no longer the national game, but in my mind it is. Uh, first of all, I think that football is going to wind down and disappear because it's so goddamn dangerous, excuse mm-hmm. me, and uh, people get brain injuries and a lot of things happen that are bad from pro football. Uh, and it plays to the crowd. The crowds become unruly. Baseball is a much more civilized game, and uh, I think that uh, it may not have the – well, it, it draws a lot of people, but I think it is very American. And I think the reason so many movies are made with a baseball motif is that um, it's a game that people love. It's a very uh, intricate game uh, in the sense that uh, a lot goes on in people's heads and in pre-planning what's going to happen in the next inning, a manager I'm talking about. So I think it's a, it's a thinking man's sport. And um, I think it's a very American sport. And who could ever beat Babe? And, you know, the people that become famous in baseball actually become, I don't know, am I right about this? Become a bit more famous than football players. They've been very famous football players. But how do you match Babe Ruth or Ty Cobb earlier or the Japanese kid now? Yeah, no. And and I think one of the main reasons is they're not uh, similarly decked out in uniforms, they are individuals with faces. We don't see the faces of most football players. Absolutely. We see their numbers and their jerseys, and we know that. uh, Jim Brown, as we record this, just just passed away. Probably the greatest running back, right, in in football history even today. And uh, at the height of the game. Right, but he didn't become the Jim Brown that the world knows until he started making movies, right, in terms of his face. I want to circle back to movies, though, for a second. I, I love the baseball talk. You know, Bang the Drum Slowly is another one that comes to oh, mind. Oh, yeah, that was a, a league of their own about the Georgia Oh, yeah, Peaches. that was fantastic. Yeah, but the Babe Ruth stories have always not done well, no. and I think it's, it's primarily because um, William Benedict, if you remember. Uh, Bendix, yeah. William Bendix, I'm sorry played him and it was it was almost a comedy and then uh john goodman who was from roseanne john goodman big john and that movie didn't do well it's a shame it's a great character he's larger than life but let me circle back to you know why yeah because you can't duplicate babe ruth he's just larger than life he he is i mean there's only one babe ruth there's only one babe Ruth. and he 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 was in a few movies he was yeah and when he played himself i mean that one in the uh trained I think it was in Pride of the Yankees. He's playing cards with uh, uh, with some guys. Yeah, he yeah. was in Pride of the Yankees. Absolutely. Yeah, with the, with other Yankees, where they're traveling someplace <laughs> on the train, 
and he's you know plays himself and plays it very well. Well, why not? I, I want to bring back the, the the overall question. I'll give you some some bait, some chum in the water. How's that? Okay. Here, I'm a flying fish. All right, there we go. So these are films that have impacted me, and they're not obscure at all. My favorite movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart for all kinds of reasons. You can comment if you want. I would rank, and I don't put Gone with the Wind in that category. I saw it once. That was enough. But I would say that one, The Wizard of Oz, just for its spectacle in 1939, and a film out of Italy called Cinema Paradiso. Yeah, I'm a so. You're familiar with that, right? Yeah. For those who love movies. So those are the kinds of movies I'm referring to. I wonder if there are sentimental favorites in your in your past. Sentimental favorites? Uh, sentimental. Well, you know, when I was young, some of the Hollywood uh, stars, females, uh, were, you know, caught my fancy. Oh. I mean, like um, Jean Tierney. Jean Tierney, famous for... Her portrayal of portrayal of Laura, yeah, the great yeah. film noir in nineteen forty seven. Right, I remember that uh, film noir very well. I saw one the other night, a film noir. I didn't know it was going to be a film noir. Lois and I were just in the mood to watch a movie. We didn't know what to watch, and this one was the third picture that Orson Welles, Welles made. Was it the Third Man? Or? No, no, it was no. a. I mean, he, it was a, a commercial success. The Magnificent Ambersons was the second one. Yeah, then I'll tell you a... what it was. I'll I'll do a little cheating here. Yeah, yeah. It's not well known, but it's. Was it the one where he played the Nazi? Yeah. I know the one you're talking about. I'll tell you what that one is called in a second. Um, I I absolutely love uh, Orson Welles. Oh, he work. was great, and. Um, and the and and this was a film. The reason I mentioned it is because as soon as it started, I said, "Oh God, this is a film noir," and that's what it was. He played a a, a Nazi spy, yeah, living in America, right, in Middle America, if as I'm a not professor. Mistaken. As a professor, I'll give you the answer in a second. I'm still doing a little searching here, but uh, yeah, those those are the kind of films. Uh, there's a film called M, starring Peter Lorre. From the early silent days or pre-silent days, a German film in German, uh, and it's one of the creepiest movies about a murderer that you'll ever see. Love the film noir. Love black and white film, uh, whether it be uh, Ingmar Bergman's Seventh Seal, which I just saw the other day. So you can see I'm a real movie nut. I well, that's great. I mean, you know, uh, you know, as we talk, other pictures come to mind. Like for a long time, I was I wanted to see the director's cut, like four hours long of Das Boot, a German film, mm-hmm. with Das Boot meaning the boat, and uh, this was submarine, and uh, finally there it was, and uh, I so I rented it, and I sat there for four hours, and I thought it was terrific. That was a groundbreaking movie because it was a look at the enemy for a change. That's right. Right. It was definitely. And, you know, it's well known that the submariners, is that the right thing? Yes. That the, that the German submariners were not, a, a lot of the captains were not particularly sympathetic to Hitler. But they're Germans. Listen, the country was at war. They fought. They were great sailors. And, um, you know, Das Boot, the captain ultimately the ship went down when it was in dock, it had been badly beaten up, and he died at the same moment. He was lying there, and 
It was a very impressive movie. I'm sure you saw it. Indeed, I did. Um, I'm just trying to find... Ah, The Stranger. That was the movie you saw with Orson Welles. That's he played right. Professor Charles Rankin, 1946. Those were classy uh, days when you had... Uh, you didn't have a lot of CGI. You didn't have a lot of blood and gore. You had mystery and suspense. The kind and, of- and the young woman in that, um, that played... Uh, the woman he married, I think she died later that year in an accident or something like that. What was her name? Well, I know Edward G. Robinson. Loretta Young. No, not Loretta that. Young. Oh, no, not, she was quite beautiful. Martha Wentworth. Uh, there are a bunch of people listed here. I don't know. Uh, maybe I got to confuse. Well, yeah, like, you know, yeah, the one he was married to was Loretta Young. And uh, who was the other one you mentioned in the movie? Oh, I'm not quite sure, but that's that's – it, it's a it's a creepy movie. Um, <laughs> there are other movies that uh, remind us of the past and World War II, for instance, like The Pawnbroker with Rod Steiger, which I think is his best performance. Uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, where Spencer Tracy does that turn as the judge. Yeah, and he, he speaks uh, so eloquently. You know, Spencer Tracy is really could do anything. I, while we were talking a few minutes ago, I was thinking of that one he did in the 30s when he played the Portuguese sailor mm-hmm. who uh, I think was um, – and it was based on the guys that went out from Gloucester. Uh, uh, what was the name of it? Was uh, that the one where he starred with Freddie Bar- Bartholomew? I think so. Yeah, that was uh, my favorite moment of uh, Spencer Tra- – my favorite quote from Spencer Tracy is – Spencer Tracy, what's your theory on acting? He said, I memorize my lines and don't bump into the furniture. He was a natural. Uh, and guess who's coming to dinner? His last role was absolutely brilliant, that monologue at the end about love, meaning, you know, let's let's support love and not uh, hate. It was terrific. Um, and a great movie that you should check out is Bad Day at Black Rock. I saw that. Oh, of course you did. Spencer Tracy as a... Uh a guy dressed in black and... Uh, a tough guy with his arm in a sling. And right, very dangerous. Very dangerous and very uh, very cool for his day. Well, you know, I, I would say this. You know, some of the modern male actors, uh, you know, they're not a, a beautiful group and all handsome. Um, back in the day when I was a kid, there were, the male actors were generally really uh, handsome guys, whether you're talking about... Even Clark Abel uh, earlier on, but uh, Robert Taylor and Spencer Tracy wasn't uh, really a handsome guy. But um, a lot of actors during that time— And actresses. I mean, you, and had, actresses, you had to be yeah. a beauty and have the ability to act for but, the most oh, part. They, and they could act as well. Exactly. exactly. So that, um, yeah, the females as well. I mean, whether you're talking about Barbara Stanwyck or you're talking about uh, uh, whomever, the the one who, in, who was in— from Vienna who invented things? Uh, uh, yes, that was uh, Hedy Lamarr. Yeah, and also— Invented re- a radar uh, device to help us win the war. Yeah, fantastic. And Greta, <laughs> Greta Garbo was a great actress. Very, very uh, short career, but a great actress. My favorite, though, is, Ing- is Ingrid Bergman. And not just for Casablanca that everybody knows, but for a movie called— uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, in which I believe Spencer Tracy was Dr. Jekyll, and 
let, stay yeah. with me now. Ingrid for, Bergman. For whom the bell tolls? Yeah, they're, they're, that was the Hemingway thing. But Ingrid Bergman's wearing an off-the-shoulder dress, so you see her shoulders. And I fell in love with this. I'm a kid. I'm watching in black and white. Fell in love with this woman because of her shoulders. Sexiest woman I've ever seen. Well, Ingrid Bergman, yeah. And when she was young, she was really very beautiful. And then she upset America, uh, the staid uh, conservative Americans at the time. The Rossellini scandal. Yeah, when she ran off with Rossellini to Italy to a, a different life. And then later, you know, probably 15, 20 years later, she came back. And starred, and I think she won an Academy Award even after she came back. And portrayed Golda Meir in a television movie. She was brilliant. Oh, yeah, really? Beautiful lady. Great, great talent. And uh, it's amazing when you think about film and culture. If this were today and she got pregnant, uh, it's no big deal. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> I watched recently, it uh, wasn't a great movie, but um, I, got, I got on a Greer Garson kick. Mm-hmm. And uh, we watched, I think Mrs. Miniver was a terrific movie. Walter Pigeon, I mean, uh, it was early Walter Pigeon. But they made a lot of movies together. They did, yeah. And uh, I watched, Madame, uh, I watched. what do they call it, Madame Curie, uh, Marie Curie? Oh, yes, Madame Curie. Madame Curie, yeah. And uh, there was enough of what they did scientifically to interest me in reading the Wikipedia articles on them. Well, that's the thing about films. Even now, they prompt you to want to know more or want to learn more about not just the performers but what they're portraying. I agree. Well, you know, I've fallen into a habit um, when I watch. You know, for a long time I wasn't watching movies because I told you this, Jordan. I used to I used to go to movies, and but I got sick of the popcorn eaters and the talkers and the people tripping over me and sitting next to me, and uh, and then when when I got a big TV of 63 inches with great sound and all the rest of it, I said, who has to go to the movies? But there was a time period when I stopped the movies, and then about two years ago when you and I just referenced that you and I started talking about them, I came back to movies. And since that time, I've been looking at a lot of them, not only modern movies, but also going back and looking at movies in the past. We're involved now in a panoply of of content. There's just so much. And here's a final question on this topic. Uh, One thing I just wanted to say. So I've fallen into the habit after the movie to go to Wikipedia or or one of the other ones and read the backstory of the movie. Mm -hmm. When they started and who fought and why did this director leave and this guy come in and they wanted so-and-so for the role but they got... This one, but the leading lady objected, so they had to get the whole backstory of the you know the, the what, rabbit hole, the rabbit hole, and, and it's great. all pretty fascinating. It's fascinating. So here's a bonus question: You've got a 63 inch TV, is that what you said? 63 inch. I didn't know what you were going to say just then. No, no, no. <laughs> Stop that, Larry. You're getting fresh. <laughs> Who controls the clicker in your house? Do you control it? Does Lois control it? Do you, each of you know how everything works on the clicker? No, I don't, I I think there are probably things the the clicker and the TV can do that we're not up with, but I have found a lot of things that, like one thing, classical music and performances. There's so many of them on YouTube, and to see them and hear them on this TV is a wonderful thing. But when it comes to controlling things, this is that's very interesting. If we're watching something together, and you know Lois likes to graze, 
and, uh, <laughs> my and, wife and, does too. And I like to give my attention to something. Yes. I mean, I you know, I sometimes if there's a commercial break, I might. Go, but generally speaking, I like to stick with it. So there's a difference of approach. No, she'll say, "Give me that clicker." <laughs> yeah, that's a very wifey thing to do. Uh, and I think as a gentleman and as a scholar, you and I both do the same thing. If the wife wants to watch something, we acquiesce. If we want to watch something, we have to do it after they go to sleep. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, I, 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 I think that I, I think I think you have to defer to women always. If you, otherwise, you're in deep trouble. Absolutely, this is so much fun. We should do more of this. Oh, we do. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, yeah I, well, I do stay up later than Lois. Thank you, Jordan. This has been a life lived backwards, one man's life. The accompanying podcast to Larry Ruttman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. You can subscribe and download this podcast, available on all podcast platforms. For information on Larry, his books, lectures, and much more, visit the website LarryRuttman.com. Also check out the extensive Larry Ruttman page on Wikipedia. This is Jordan Rich inviting you to join us again next time as Larry shares more stories about friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation on A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life.